There's a new podcast app that delivers chilling true crime stories straight to your mobile device. Every day they release a new episode that investigate the gruesome true acts of America's worst serial killers. And you can explore into the minds of psychopaths and murderers. To get started, find and download Murder Minute from the App Store or visit MurderMinute.com. That's M-U-R-D-E-R-M-I-N-U-T-E.com to get your daily dose of true crime creepiness delivered straight to your mobile device. It's a good show. We're recording. Excellent. Again. Again. Um, I'm here with Teo Burkhart. Mm-hmm. My not med- Theo, but Teo. Not Theo. Even though you know, when I, whenever I see your name, like if we're texting mm-hmm. or an email, in my head I say it, Theo. Theo, right? I still, yeah. when I say it out loud, I say Teo, which is right. It's a natural mistake. It's not spelled. What is it's the, spelled T H E O? What's the it's origin a, of that? Uh, original origin is Greek, but this comes from the Dutch side of my family. So it's old Greek, but it's stuck in the Netherlands and it's stuck in Germany. And I think it's stuck a little bit in France. So you go to those places and you might like Vincent van Gogh's Gosh. Uh, brother was named Theo. Oh, spelled the same? Spelled the same with an accent over the E. And I was named after my great great uncle. Yeah. And I once I forget, I think it's Vincent and Teo, but there's one movie that I was watching about them and someone called Teo Theo in the movie and he goes, No, it's Teo and I thought that How is the times weirdest have you had to say that in your life. It was the weirdest detail, yeah. Um I would have thought that was your meditation name, like you right. changed the name <laughs> like Yogi Teo Burkhart. Right. Everyone thought my name was Teo when I was an actor, that or like that I gave myself a precious yeah, yeah. name. Oh, there was already accent. there was already a Theo on IMDb, right? Um, but you've done my podcast before. Yes. For those listening, I have or had two podcasts. This one is the newest one. I had one called Uh, which I did a hundred episodes of. You were on that one, which is just me shooting the shit with my friends. And um, but I never had a lot of downloads, like maybe mm. five to 10,000. Enough one, downloads, by the way, that I got students out of it. Like you, you did? T- yeah, you touched the cord with some Oh, people. nice. Um, so, but this one with Busy, even though Busy hasn't been on in forever, gets like 80 to 100,000 downloads. So, and since it has to do with health, I was. I thought this would be a good uh, podcast to talk about meditation. Mm-hmm. By the way, did that club work at all? Yeah, it's kind of numbed my. Mm-hmm. I have. Oh, this is medical. We can talk. Yeah, about Yeah, it. it's medical. It's I have. Uh, last night, I or yesterday, I took a nap, and I woke up, and my tooth was killing me. I have a tooth that needs to... Did you to... sleep on your tooth the wrong way? I was sleeping on my right side, which is above that tooth that needs to be extracted. Mm. I had a I had a uh, root canal last year, Ugh. and then um, they put the temporary crown on, and when they did that, it came at the end of a year of dental work. Mm. And so I had used up all my dental insurance coverage. And so they were like, yeah, come in uh, in two weeks and get the the permanent crown put on and then i was like oh i'm gonna have to pay for that out of pocket and it was like 1200 dollars or something 
So yeah. and this was in August. So I was like, "Fuck that! <laughs> I'll just wait till January. Right. My insurance will reset, and then I'll get the permanent crown." And then by the time I came back in, they're like, "Dude, your tooth is the temporary crown is gone. Your tooth is falling apart. We uh. have to pull it out." And so I've been putting that off. But yesterday I woke up, and it was so sore. I was like, "Oh my god! I need to just get this out as soon as possible." And then I realized that it's not the tooth that hurts. It's there's like a cut, uh-huh. either a cut or like a canker sore right on the gum. This just stings like shit. And I, you gave me a clove, which is an Ayurvedic remedy what for is... oral discomforts or oral. I I have cloves because. Um, my teacher does a lot of talking, so he carries around clothes and it can soothe the vocal cords. Right. And I, this weird thing happens to me sometimes when I meditate, I get very relaxed and then the back of my throat starts itching a little bit and I have to cough. Now there's this weird, I've, I've gone through this phase where when I teach, sometimes it happens and I have a student or students sitting across from me and now I want to start going into a little coughing fit. Yeah. And so I keep cloves on me and I'll oh. pop one and it'll soothe my throat or soothe my gum. I have a broken tooth. My tooth just broke Ugh. like a, a molar. And uh, and I was at my teacher's house and he said, you know, you got some cloves on you? And I was like, oh yeah. And I popped one in and it soothed it. And it also, it's like an antiseptic. Yeah. So it, you know, Cleans not that it. I even know what that means, <laughs> but it, you know, it's well, yeah, clean. It de-germs it. Right. De-germ. It, I've been doing this medical Un-germed podcast it. for a year and I just said de-germ. <laughs> <laughs> Disinfects. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't used cloves since when I first started meditating with you, you told me about them mm-hmm. because I would sometimes get like dry mouth. Right. And it helps with that. And uh, so does oil amazing. pulling. That's the other one. But no one wants the oil pull, but it's really good for you. That's where is it really, really good for you? Yeah, because it lubricates the mouth, it yeah. lubricates the tongue, it lubricates the the back of the throat and the gums, and uh, and then it also draws toxins out, yeah. and it can also heal like the tiny little cuts that you like. You know, you might get a microscopic cut from a granola bit. Yeah, or a then, chip. Right. And then at an, at two hours later, it's kind of like, you know, when you get those weird, like on the tip of your tongue, yep. just a little, a little discomfort. Bump. Yeah. And it it's, um, huh. yeah, there's, you can do it with. It's like coconut oil. Is that what they Coconut use? oil or the best is medicated sesame oil. But sometimes people, it's just too gross to do sesame seed. If yes. you do coconut oil, it's good enough. Swish it around, gargle, just do just not hold it swallow in your mouth. it. Don't swallow it, yeah. Ugh. Um, but yeah, so that's why I have been have had a clove in my... I just took it out because I figured I'd sound like I was having a lozenge <laughs> while we were talking. But yeah, so you did my first podcast and um, got a lot of great responses from it. So that's I figured awesome. this would be a good one because I... I tend to go in and out of meditation. Right. I'm currently doing it a lot right now, which is great. And Good. it's helping immensely. So I was like, I should have Tay on. Yeah. I'm also trying to just keep putting these episodes out. Busy's been so busy, busy. that um, <laughs> it's just been me, you know, all the time. And it's harder for me to do these by myself. So I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, Tay would be a good 
Um, so you taught me Vedic meditation. Vedic you teach meditation. Vedic meditation. What is the difference? Because a lot of people always want to know when I tell them I do Vedic, the difference between that and TM. Well, transcendental. Right. Vedic. First of all, the difference between Vedic meditation and other meditations. We'll go there first. Okay. Um, Vedic meditation is, well, let's see. Okay. So there's, you can categorize different meditations by, you know, like a sort of um, concentrative techniques. Yeah. Let's let's cover like mindfulness. Yes. Vipassana. Anywhere where there's any meditation where there is a point of focus or control, you know, putting your focus on the breath, putting your focus on a candle, putting your mantra, you know, anything like that. Keep your focus there. Don't think um, just, you know, that's your that's your anchor. Right. And I used to do those. I used to do mindfulness and I just personally found it beyond difficult. Yeah. And I just it was it was so I would have panic attacks trying to do it. It, it made me so uncomfortable, and, and I don't like feeling like a failure. I felt like that for 12 years in grade right. school. I don't need a, a meditation practice to make me well, feel What like is that. mindfulness? Mindfulness is... Is there an anchor in that? Is there a focal point, or is it just yeah, it's relaxing? it's usually the breath. It's usually the breath. Okay. And, and there are... And mindfulness works. You know, it, it, there are some really good teachers, and it's great because it's the kind of thing you can... You know, there's mindfulness instructions now in air, airplane magazines, and it's yeah, and one of those things you can kind of just start doing. Uh, there's also contemplative techniques where you're guided through and you're imagining like a white light in your chest or these kinds of things. And I find those re- very relaxing. Right. But you don't go beyond. You don't go beyond thought. You don't. You. I fall asleep in them, which you is just good. Re- it's rest. It's super restful. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried Vedic meditation because I was kind of at a loss. I found that I, I, I couldn't do other types of meditations unless there was a teacher present. Mm-hmm. But who wants that? I, I, that's fine, but I'd rather have a self-sufficient practice. Yeah, you want to be able to get up and, and meditate or, or if, if you're away on a trip. Exactly. So this is a self-automatic transcending technique. And there it is, it's an effortless technique. And that's not... That's not to say that that's sort of how it feels, although that's how it feels too, but that's right. the instruction. You're not, right. you're not supposed to use effort. You're not supposed to focus. Uh, if you try to control things, you actually blow the whole thing. Yeah. So people who have a tough time focusing are really good at this. People who feel like they're ADD, they're good at, they're good at Vedic. At Vedic? Yes. If they have trouble focusing. Yes. They're, wow. the, they're the masters. Really? Yeah. People who come in and say, I'm going to be a disaster. I have ADD. I can't focus oh. on anything. I know that that person is going to be a master at this in like two days. It came pretty quick to me. Right. And I have that. I ha- I, yeah. I cannot concentrate. It was a huge worry of mine when mm-hmm. people were like, you should try meditation. Yeah. You know, and at first, you know, everyone was saying, you should try transcendental and which for me, first of all, was too expensive to do. And I was, and then I had several friends who you had taught to meditate who recommended you. And um, that was always my thing was like, I, and this is what I hear from more people when I recommend, they say I, they can't I recommend do it, right? this numerous times a week to people <laughs> just in conversation. I'm like, oh, you yeah. got to meditate. 
And the one thing that I hear more as far as discouraging discouragement or, you know, excuses is people going, my mind's just too active. It it's all over the place. Way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, I couldn't do it. Yep. And I I'm hear like, it all the time. They're like, convinced. That's me. They're convinced they can't do it. And what they're doing is describing the way the practice works anyway. Mm -hmm. I won't be able to focus, they say. Good. That's the first instruction. Don't focus. Yeah. You, you know, that's I a won't be able to concentrate. Thank God, because that's the instruction. <laughs> yeah. If you concentrate, you blow the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I taught this 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 Persian lady a couple of years ago from Beverly Hills, and I remember right before I started the puja ceremony, she turned to me and she said, um, "This isn't going to work." And I said, "Why?" She goes. <laughs> I'm afraid I won't be able to concentrate. She's like, I'm already thinking about rent. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I said, I don't, I'm worried you won't be able to do anything else. The people who think that they won't be able to concentrate are still going to concentrate more than I want them to. Right. This, you know, this is all about not concentrating. You're not, you're, you're in a way letting your mind drift from thing to thing, except there's a mantra involved. Right. And that mantra is an onomatopoetic mantra that causes the sound vibration causes the body and mind to naturally de-excite. You don't you don't do any work. In a way you're drafting on the mantra. Cyclists will get that. You see everyone's seen the the cyclists like in breaking away, although mm -hmm. no one's seen that probably except oh, you and you us. But they draft behind those big trucks. Mm -hmm. The truck carves the space out uh, out of the air and then the bikers can just sort of fly Coast, behind the yeah. truck and the mantra is doing that in our minds the mantra is is sinking naturally it's clearing out the debris from in front it out. of our thoughts right and it's kind of like the the you know it's it's that front bird in a way in a flock it's like going down and then your attention is just falling behind it. You're drafting or you're hitching a ride. So the mantra does all the heavy lifting. You actually yeah. don't. And people are astounded how easy it is. And d define onomatopoetic. Onomatopoetic. It's, just, it's a it's sound. A, it's a sound. It's, it's not a word. That's right. <clears throat> the the mantras we use are onomatopoetic, pachaka, pitta, pacifying, bija mantras. Say that again. Yeah. Pachaka, I know, it's a, pa They're onomatopoetic, pachaka, yep. pitta, pacifying, Bija mantras. So onomatopoetic, they're onomatopoeias. They don't mean anything. They have a specific sound vibration. They sound, you know, they, they're onomatopoeias. So they sound like something you might hear in nature, like boom or ding dong, except they're more elegant and mellifluous, which means sweet flowing. It's a perfect word for these mantras. Uh, they have a, a, an elegance about them, you know. Mm -hmm. And Pachaka Pitta means hungry fire or all-consuming fire. That is... Pachaka Pitta. Pachaka Pitta. Pitta's fire. Um, and that's the result of a world in such ignorance and darkness that there are a lot that there's a lot of stress and violence in the collective coming out of that ignorance. Right. So um it's hung, it's it's fire. So you see people who are fiery. If you cut in front of someone, 
you know, at Whole Foods, they're going to give you the stink eye or be like, hey, but what's your fucking problem, man, bitch? You know, yeah. that kind of that kind of thing. What you're seeing is Pacha Capita. It's that sort of, I take everything personally. Everything's the world. Is, is it, it negative? It's, it's always negative. There's yeah. not a positive version. No, but of... it's all stress. But every time, like, someone doesn't call you back and you just feel even a little Slide riled in. up, yeah. that's Pacha Capita. The, these mantras cool Pacha them down. Pita. Yeah. How do you spell that? Well, Pitta is P-I-T-T-A, Pachaka. P-A-C-H. Yeah, I think it's spelled phonetically. I mean, it... It's spelled onomatopoetically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Okay, so Pachaka Pitta, what was the third Bija. Seed mantras. So these mantras are like seeds, and you, you know, we plant them. It's like taking a seed, putting it on the soil, and then pushing it inside the soil. Right. We sort of do this... At the puja ceremony, yeah, you get a mantra, and I and you're saying it out loud, but then you say it softer and softer and softer, and then finally you're saying it inside, and then even softer, and it starts to fade, yep. and become more subtle, yeah, and soon it fades so much you can barely hear it, and then that's when the power from that mantra comes in. It yeah. starts the sound vibration, and for those of you who are listening to this and go, oh yeah, right, sound vibration. Just remember, we bring the sides of mountains down with a gunshot, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's how we handle it. It's avalanche control. Yeah. Um, Or if you've ever seen a piano being tuned, the the tuner will bring out a wooden box and it's filled with metal forks. Yep. And if you get the right key and you tune it right, that metal fork will vibrate. Yep. And and even so, the G chord on the cello on the other side of the music room starts vibrating. So we can't deny that sound has an effect. Well, you know what's weird is... I think I told you this when you first started teaching me. Um, the mantra that you gave me is completely in tune with my um, tinnitus. Oh, like I've had yeah, t- yeah. tinnitus for years because I played in rock bands and mm-hmm, I never wore mm-hmm. ear earplugs. So I constantly, <laughs> I know, I constantly, <clears throat> I usually only know, notice it when it's quiet, but I have like, there's a tone like right, this pitch like mm-hmm. that's constant. Mm. That's why when I go to bed at night, I'll have to listen to music or have a podcast on in the right. background, a boring podcast or, uh, <laughs> lately it's just been my air purifier turned all the way up, yeah. which is just a droning, mm-hmm. which puts me right to sleep. But the mantra you gave me, I can't even explain it. It is the mm-hmm. same frequency. Uh, yep. Even though I'm only saying it in my head, mm-hmm. it's right. You know when it's the when same, there's like, a, harmonic or something. Yeah, when there's like a like a leaf blower outside, uh-huh. and you which there is right now, and you match it with your with your mm-hmm. mouth just going, uh, and and they're perfect. If you slightly go off, it go, uh, yeah. and, it, and it just gets dissonant and. And it's a very negative feeling. Mine is right on. Is right yeah. on. That's so interesting. So I don't notice my tinnitus when I'm meditating. It's weird because so many people, when they start meditating, notice a hum. And there's something called the shruti, uh-huh. which isn't tinnitus, but a lot of people think when they start meditating that they're getting tinnitus. <laughs> and and I, I belong on Reddit. I belong to all the meditation subreddits. And this question comes up constantly. Hey, just started meditating three days ago. What's that ringing? Now I have tinnitus. 
And I stopped answering because I used to answer because no one believes the answer. So I'm just like, you know what? These people don't, don't know. But it is a, you can hear, it's basically the sound of, of I mean, this is why, this is where it gets a little baffling and he- heady and I don't want to bewilder anybody, but it's basically the sound of creation. So things are, you know, they're, waves are popping in and out of existence all around us all the time. These waves, you know, if you take a cell and go to the molecules, the atomic particles, Atoms, subatomic yeah. particles, break those apart, go to quarks and then leptoquarks. Leptoquarks are just, they're basically a wave like this. Like they go out of existence, they burst into existence, they curl like they're going to turn into a particle, change their mind, go back to a flat wave and disappear. When that happens over and over again, trillions of times around us, it makes a little sound and meditators can hear it. Sometimes, you know, people hear it there during the, the initiation. Whoa. Others, it takes a year, but, um, but it's called the Shruti. Shruti. The Shruti. Dwight Shruti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I experience more silence when I meditate because of that. That's interesting. Um, so... The difference between mind, so, so yeah, so mindfulness is not based on, uh, no, it's an anchor or it's just yeah, it's it resting. is mindfulness. You're generally the generally you're allowing your thought, your uh, focus to rest on the breath, and you're you're going for equanimity in the present moment. To the most, I mean, there's lots of different kinds of mindfulness. So I don't want to get letters, you know, yeah. and say, what about this? But it's basically, you know, it's a lot of breath related. And this is sort of sound related. And as the sound becomes more and more subtle, it will de-excite your entire physiology. Right. And the mantra becomes more charming. So our minds like to follow charm. They're always moving towards greater happiness. Something interests us. Yeah. Our mind will drift in that direction. So we use these mantras, which have their very specific mantras, when you think them easily and effortlessly, they produce this sound vibration that's nectar for the senses. Yeah. And as it becomes more subtle, you know, we don't hold on to the mantras, we let go. And as they drift through those subtler and subtler layers, our attention will follow them. And then it follows them down through the deeper layers and ultimately gets to the source of all thought, which is pure being. And that's when we transcend. That is a state of fulfillment. And once we reach that state of fulfillment inside us, we forget to think. Right. Thinking is to get happy, but we're looking for happiness outside of ourselves. And that's the thing that I noticed, and I still do when meditating. And I think I mentioned this to you, you know, when I first started. Um, when I would get through to like that deep mm-hmm. sense of, you know, of just emptiness and, yep. and bliss, uh, I would immediately, it, it wouldn't last long because my brain would go, oh, oh boy, my I'm God, this yeah. is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then it would immediately <laughs> take me out. And if I got right back to it, it would keep doing it going, yeah. oh my God, we did it again. Oh, fuck, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my God, I do it again. And I, I think I mentioned this to you even before I started uh, meditating, like, I would, I've often through my life would experience, and I didn't know if there was a word for this or like if anyone else felt this, but like, just like walking down the street or driving in my car or just sitting in my living room, 
just a normal day doing a normal mundane activity and all of a sudden for no reason out of just seemingly nowhere I would feel extremely happy like pure absolute like everything was amazing and like heavenly and like oh my god this is the best and then again like my brain would go don't don't let this get away my brain would immediately be like hold on to this feeling and then it would go away right because most people think that happiness is dependent on thoughts right and it's not it's dependent on consciousness thoughts are derivative of consciousness you know our thoughts find their source in consciousness and your happiness is also sourced in consciousness it's not sourced in a relationship or money or fame or whatever it is that people are chasing it's inside you and what meditation is great for i mean people do they meditate to get rid of stress but what they find is that inside them is this unbounded everlasting divine reservoir of but is, bliss isn't that subconsciousness as opposed to con because no. to me it seems like consciousness and thoughts are Sub- almost the same thing subconsciousness no because if i'm conscious i'm aware yes and i'm yes, thinking but but as you continue to meditate your subconscious becomes you become aware of your subconscious oh. this is beyond that state of consciousness there's a pure unbounded unmanifest um, state of consciousness. Right. The scientists today call it the unified field. Right. And it's all of us. We are all the unit. We're all fluctuations or waves on that. Uh, on that. The unified field is everything. It's everything. It's, it's space. Everything. It's matter. That's it's right. antimatter. Right. It's thoughts. But it's, it's one consciousness. It's not like there are pieces missing from it, or that there. You know, there's only one thing except for Steve. And he's he has somehow broke off, <laughs> and it's, it's not yeah. like that. Yeah. We're all the same thing, and the journey to enlightenment or just to fulfillment is turning within and getting to know that it's fl- you know it's like all waves are ocean, but that wave might not know it's the ocean until it flattens out and becomes symmetrical with the ocean, has an experience of that of being oceanic, and then when it curves back up into wave status again, it might say, "Got it." I'm ocean. I've always been ocean. I'm ocean and wave. And people do that too. Yeah. Through years of meditation or sometimes through months of meditations, they come to not the conclusion because they're, they d- decided to believe it, but through direct experience, oh, I am everything. I am. It's the reason some, I feel like sometimes during or after meditation, super connected to like that's right anything i see like i'll look out and see a tree and be like that's you i am part of the i am made of the same mm-hmm. elements and everything that is in that tree and in the like it's it's really insane and this is why meditators are compassionate right. and joyful they they you you wouldn't you don't feel like you want to harm stuff yeah. after meditation because it's you. There's this hilarious video on the internet, what I'm sure lots of people saw, where this dog is lying on a couch and he sees something out of the corner of his eyes, and then he gets that growl where you see his teeth, and he's like, Arr! and finally he jerks and bites it, and it's his tail. <laughs> now that's us. Yeah. That is that is the situation of life right now in the entire world. Yeah. We're hurting each other. We don't even realize we're hurting ourselves. Right. But that's that's what we're doing. That's why 
everyone counts, everything counts, everything is us. And if we learn to live harmoniously with nature, there's, there's just, it's just joy. That's the biggest thing I noticed when I started, or the first thing I noticed, uh, when I started meditating late day and night, first thing I really noticed was, uh, my temperament when I was driving. I used to get such bad road rage and not like get into fights, but like someone would cut me off and I'd just be like, oh, you fucking idiot. Yeah, go ahead, asshole. Right. Sure. I'm here to make your drive easier. <laughs> I'm I was put on this road to make you your drive more convenient. You dick. <laughs> and that was like every right. fucking drive I had. And now that's exhausting too. It's fun, and that's why people exhausting. get ulcers and yes. they have strokes. Yeah, and um, and that's Pachacapita, by the way. <laughs> that is that's yeah. that's a yes. perfect example of of you could call it something else. You could call it just being stressed Negative, out or being or an or asshole rage, or whatever. Yeah. But that's what it's doing. What the meditation is doing is it's cooling down all of that. Oh, I'm so yeah. much more tolerant in my car. I don't get. Like I had to drive to San Diego this weekend for a uh, wedding, and it's like if you leave at like seven in the morning, no traffic, you can make it. It was Carlsbad, it wasn't San Diego. Yeah. You can make it there in an hour and a half. Yeah. If you leave at a regular time of the day, it'll be upwards of three hours. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always leave at six when I have to drive to San Diego. Yeah, and yeah. I would normally be sitting in traffic just <laughs> just feeling my insides turn into acid and like yeah. just like my blood pressure go up and now it's i don't even think about it i'm right. literally just like i can't do anything about this mm -hmm. that's it i left my house when i left the house and this was already here right this is this is another important thing to talk about is it, everyone thinks everyone's trying to control their way to happiness or control others, which is even worse. Yeah. So they can feel happy and we have no control. No. Meditation helps you realize that and then go with nature. We don't control anything that that's all an no. illusion. Um, and you wouldn't want to anyway, you know, it's, it's better to let go and then get all this stress out. Cause the stress, you know, having road, road rage is the least of your, of anyone's worry if they're stressed out. Yeah. The, the, the tough part is when we're stressed, the first thing that shuts down is our digestive system. Yeah. And that's where our immunity system is. Yeah. Uh, so if you want a good immune system, get the stress out of your body. Yeah. And stress can only come out one way. It, you can't get stress out through Xanax. You can't sex it out, <laughs> alcohol it out, right. or vacation to Hawaii. Those might soothe it. Um, same with exercise. You can't exercise stress out. It helps soothe it. Maybe some sleep can get rid of some superficial stresses. But to get stress out, you have to find the, the deepest rest possible. Mm -hmm. Then the nervous system goes into a, a sequence, which is purifying the stresses out. And then we feel better. And right. then we're less triggered. We start to heal. Consciousness is curative. So if we're getting stress out, and then we're imprinting that universal... Uh, unbounded value on the ego structure, that consciousness starts to cure our ailments, our thinking, our moods, all of that. Yeah. Yet, no one's in a rush to do this, which is amazing. No. 
it's socially unacceptable to leave the house without brushing your teeth or showering. <laughs> Yet for some reason, people find it okay to go out and be an asshole or to go out and be yeah. needy or desperate or stressed or angry. Yeah. When are we going to, like, in a, a day is coming where everybody will do this and they will do this before leaving the house because they'll, they understand that being that way is actually kind of worse than having smelly breath. Yeah. Um, but we're just not there yet. Hey, everybody, it's sponsor time again, and we are back with uh, one of my favorites, Sun Basket. You know, mindful eating is an essential part of self-care, and we're not stupid. We all know that every part of your life is enhanced when you eat nourishing, healthy meals. I mean, I I know the difference uh, in just how I feel in general, and not just physically, but just I feel better mentally and less guilty if I'm eating healthy, but I don't always do that because, uh, honestly it's sometimes hard to just go shopping and come back and cook. I will often buy stuff and then it just sits in my refrigerator. Um, because I'll buy stuff to cook and I don't really know how to cook it. Well, sun basket has solved that. Um, they offer, uh, each week, 18 new recipes, including uh, everything from paleo, gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian, and more. Uh, and the best part, I hate shopping, is it's all delivered right to your door. Um, they take care of all the details, um, so it's just easier for people like me and probably people like you. Um, I just show up at my house. I'll be out working and come home at the end of the day, and there's a giant box of meats and produce and ingredients all pre-measured everything i need i mean it's so convenient uh, uh you'd be a fool not to at least try this um and i'm not a huge fan of spending time in the kitchen and this uh it's because everything's pre-measured and uh taking care of you uh this stuff is taken care of in about 30, 30 minutes. Like I just made, um, a couple days ago from sun basket pork chops with ginger nectarine pan sauce and kale salad. I made that <laughs> me slobby old Steve AG made pork chops. That is something I, I, I mean, I've said it before. I usually will you know, if I'm left to my own devices and have to cook for and shop for myself, it's always pasta. It's spaghetti with a jar of, you know, you know, some kind of marinara sauce that you buy in the store. Um, yeah, like I said, there's paleo gluten free. Yeah. If you're vegan or vegetarian, pescatarian, it doesn't matter. They have everything. 18 recipes every week. Um, and they work with the best farms and suppliers. Everything's fresh, organic, and responsibly raised meats and seafood. Um, so, you know, if if that's uh, something that's important to you, they t I know a lot of these meal services don't um, use organic stuff. And um, so this is, uh, I just feel better with Sunbasket. And again, everything's pre-measured, easy to prep. You can get a healthy and delicious meal on your table in 30 minutes. The pork chops I made, 30 minutes, half an hour. Uh, sometimes it, 
it takes me that long to make a peanut butter sandwich. Um, so like I said, there's something for every healthy journey, whether it's, uh, paleo or vegetarian. Um, so just go to sunbasket.com slash no docs today to learn more and get $35 off your first order at sunbasket.com slash no docs, N O D O C S for $35 off sunbasket.com slash no docs. Thanks. You told me that you know, how how many classes it, it, was it three classes I came to you three days three or four four, four it's yeah so it's four ninety minute sessions so I took four classes with you over four days mm-hmm. and I remember you saying that you could teach a child to meditate in like half an hour even less fifteen minutes it's yeah. so quick they. You know, the one of the reasons why it takes longer for an adult is no matter how many times I tell them not to concentrate or focus, even if they come in saying, I don't know how to focus or concentrate, believe me, they do and they'll try. Sure. But it's really ending all that. And and the reason people are like that is indoctrination. Growing yeah. up, all we've been told is focus. You know, my dad used to say that all the time. You're not focusing, son. <laughs> that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. You're not concentrating. So we learn that through concentration, through focus, through effort, uh, we we'll have results. success yeah. or we'll get results. And that, that's true for you know the rocket scientists at NASA, but not for meditators. It's right. all about dropping all of that and letting the meditation happen automatically. You don't do anything except enjoy the good feelings of meditation, you know? Yeah, I was talking about this on the last week's ep- last week's episode with Alexis, uh, my friend who's a yoga instructor, about mm. how kids are just blank slates. They don't right. have the mental barriers. It's the same way when you teach... Like, I have friends that are really good guitar players that picked up the guitar when they were 12. Right. And they had no, uh, no doubt... You know, they they were just an open book, and they wanted to learn, and it was cool, and yeah. um, they didn't have rules, right? And kids, when they come, that's how. So the the way the brain likes to work is it likes to be effortless. It, it's just through society and culture that we've trained the brain to focus on everything. Yeah. So I get a kid in here, and you say you give them the instruction, and when you tell them again, they roll their eyes at you and say, "I'm not stupid." <laughs> They do. I've, yeah. been, I've been like told off by several kids because I'm like, I don't think I'm talking down to them, but they're like, you're, you just said it once. Like how, how hard can it be? And then I say, well, adults take four days and they all look at each other and roll off their chairs laughing yeah. and they'll go, grownups are so stupid. Wait, that's, <laughs> that, so that's good. negative saying that. Oh, that's the, uh, what's it called? Negativity. Like Pacha Capita. That's Pacha Capita telling us we're stupid. <laughs> but it's so it's so sweet. And then I say, okay, do it. And they close their eyes. Or like move their mouth. You know, they'll close their eyes and like you see them twiddling their thumbs. And then, you know, half a minute later, they're transcending. Gone. Just gone. Yeah. Out. And then they come out and they're like, that was really weird. It was cool. You know, <laughs> I, I was thinking about my friend. He has this new dog. And then I wasn't thinking about anything. Yeah. It's and just, I couldn't feel my hands. They slip right into it, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we fight it. What made you start meditating? You said you Lyme disease. Oh yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and more health shit. Yeah. So I, I didn't know you had Lyme disease. Yeah, and I had it bad because it went undiagnosed, which is no. Which is usually the way people find out they have Lyme disease. Right. Right. That's true. It's, they, it's, it, people usually find out in later stages that yeah. what they have is actually Lyme disease. Yeah. So I I went on a camping trip with all of my cousins, Ugh. and we were like, I think we took a little hike after eating some pot brownies maybe and and then when i got back from that camping trip i came down with a terrible Fever. flu yeah. yeah i was just soaking the bed with sweat 104 temperature i was delirious jesus and, and it persisted like after like five days it was it wouldn't go away so i went to um some like doctor clinic in glendale and they where were you camping june lake oh by mammoth yeah yeah exactly and we went through a hike our hike brought us through tall grass i was walking in tall grass nope. which is nope 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 um <sighs> anyway so they gave me antibiotics and i remember telling my mom this she goes it's a flu why would they give you antibiotics that that was when i didn't know that flus were viral mm -hmm. and i thought i don't know and then i finished the antibiotics and it kind of worked so i went back for more and they gave me another round and then it was gone I thought, well, who knows what that was, but glad it's over now. And then I went on with my life. Thanks, Doc. Yep. Moved to New York. And then that was in the summer. And then in February in New York City, I got a cold that wouldn't go away. And then the next month, I noticed that I was stuffed up and my legs were tired all the time. Something was wrong with my legs. Oof. And I had restless leg syndrome like nobody's business. I just, they were so kicky. And um, I felt like a grasshopper. I was yeah. bizarre, and and I couldn't sleep. And then the next um, month, I started to get very forgetful, very spacey, and uh, you know. And then cut to July, I have Bell's palsy, bilateral Bell's palsy. My face is hanging off my skull. I can't talk. I'm hallucinating. How much longer has this been since your camping? A year trip? now. Jesus. A year. I, re I remember I went in like and, and I was like had spent all my money on doctors and stuff. So I I remember this one day where I went in to quit Equinox because I didn't I couldn't afford it anymore. And I walked in there with my face hanging off my skull, and um, and they wouldn't let me they quit. wouldn't let me quit without a doctor's note. And what? Yeah, and I couldn't speak, and I was in there like uh, you know. I'm like, I got to quit. My tongue didn't work. Holy shit. Yeah, and she's like, hey, I can't do this without a doctor's note. Why? Yeah, Equinox. I, I, that's what I said. I'm like, I can't go back to the doctor. It's, it's going to cost money. money. I don't want to give it to you anymore. Yeah, and I asked to Eat see a manager, ass. and then the manager said we can't do it without a doctor's note. It has to go to corporate or some shit. I was... That's insane, Equinox. Yeah. And then my girlfriend at the time was... um, She was in PA school to be a physician assistant and she wound up writing the note. She's like, I'll write you the note. They won't catch it. And then I brought that in and they terminated my, but it was like, come on. So that was when I started doing mindfulness. Cause I kind of, I was always interested in enlightenment or, or what that even meant. I didn't know what it meant, but I, it Wait, sounded What good. were the doctors <laughs> saying about your Bell's palsy? Oh, so then, yeah, I went to the emergency room and they didn't know what was up. But they gave me, what did they give me? Cortisone and a Ciclovir. And 
And a ciclovir is, I guess, an antiviral, but I didn't know. They were covering their bases. They're like, we don't know what this is, <sighs> but take these two things, and it actually helped. The um, I think the cortisone, whatever, the shot, whatever they gave me, seemed to work. And then I went to another doctor. This was the this was the craziest one. He told me that I was faking it. I had no muscle control, by the way. You could see because you have like wrinkles, you know. But but my it, your face, your eyebrows hanging like over nothing, your eyes. Yeah, I, I was obviously in trouble. And he said I was faking it, and that I had a latent anxiety disorder that was coming out in depression. And what I really need to do is smile and get over get my get over myself. A doctor said this. A doctor said that to to me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then finally, um, they had taken my blood. I went to, uh, I forget which hospital in New York, but one of them, you know, they took some blood and then someone from Bethesda, Maryland called me and she's like, I'm a scientist and I'm looking at your blood work and you have, you have a super high, you know, infection of Lyme disease of the spirochete. Um, so I'm going to prescribe you medicine. So I got on medicine and, and it just became this saga, you know, in a way that was like the best day of my life, but also the worst because sure. at least I had, at least I knew Answers. I wasn't crazy. Cause I thought, yeah, my heart was, was weird too. It was like beating weird, but, and I didn't know if I had heart cancer or brain cancer, but really what was happening, it was eating my brain and eating my heart. Oh, so it was nuts. So then I went on intravenous. No, I'm terrified <laughs> I have Lyme disease because of my heart palpitation. Right. Just don't go roll around tall grass in Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard, you know, and you'll be fine. Oh, um, I w yeah, I w I've been working on a show out in Simi Valley um, for the past few weeks, and it's all outdoors in the hills. Yeah. And the whole time, and I'm wearing sandals, and the whole time I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to get Lyme disease. I'm going to get Lyme. And I keep checking for ticks. Yeah. And then I was researching Lyme disease, and it was like ticks don't like dry, hot weather. So out where we are is actually probably better. Also, it was just mostly dirt. And they were also saying stuff like it's a myth that ticks drop from trees onto you. They live in high grass. Like they you live were in tall saying. grass, and they wait till you walk by. Yeah, or yeah. piles of leaves, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, you know, one thing, one little tidbit that I that I heard is you can just after you come back from camping, get a loofah and just scrape scrape your body, right? And it can, you can scrape them right off. It's it's not the best way, but it's a good like sure. extra step you can take, right? Um, so then I was on intravenous antibiotics, and Ugh. it was you know it was like a year ordeal, but I was cured. You know, a lot of people say you can't get cured from Lyme disease. You can. Um, it definitely changed my physiology and my nervous system. But, um, but yeah, so during that time, I started meditating. Yeah. And I was doing mindfulness, and I found it incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> really, really uncomfortable. And, and it was discouraging because I was, I was kind of excited to like meditation. I wanted yeah, yeah. to like it. I wanted it to be... Your expectations. Yeah, yeah. I wanted it to be a thing, and I was researching it, but I... Uh, my personal, I know a lot of people have luck with mindfulness and that's great, but yeah. just personally, I couldn't concentrate, which, you know, you have to do. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, the whole thing was a flop, but I, but because I was so scared for my own safety and, and worried about my health, I stuck with it. Right. So I did it for like three years. So I was doing this thing that I hated for three years that wasn't working anyway. 
And finally, I was like, you know what? Uh, Fuck this. I'm done. I stood up in my apartment in West Village. I said, as God is my witness, I will never meditate again. I threw a pillow across the room, went down to the White Horse Tavern and had some beers. <laughs> and um, that was it. I thought, I'm done with meditation. And then, uh, and then someone convinced me to try this. And they said they had had the same experience with mindfulness, right. the same results. Like they felt frustrated by it. And she said, you know, you, this changed my life. Just, just try it. You've done all this work. You've come this far. So I was initiated into um, Vedic meditation. Oh, and it, I should say that even though the Lyme disease was cured, my insomnia that I had for nine years from Lyme disease hadn't been cured. I still had insomnia. Right. And then I learned this. It was super easy. And then that night I slept for the first time in nine years without medication. Whoa. And and my and I've always and I've been a good sleeper again ever since. Yeah. Because it got the stress out. And the thing yeah. that keeps people awake is their mind. Yeah. And their mind is turning because the body is releasing stress. Yes. When the nervous system purges stress out of the physiology, it activates thought activity in the mind. Mm-hmm which keeps you awake or wakes you up. Now, if you meditate twice a day, you get that stress release out before you sleep, and then you get to just sleep like a normal person and right. enjoy it. Why? So did you do Vedic because this person had told you they did Vedic, or was it a toss-up between that and t- transcendental meditation? No, I, I, uh, I was convinced. I think there was a time where I heard about TM, but I didn't, I just started grouping it with every other meditation. And I just thought meditation in general didn't work. And they were all the same and everybody was a liar. (laughs) And the, you know, the guys in orange robes and caves in the Himalayas were liars. You know, I thought everything was like, Leonard Cohen is a liar. Everyone. Yeah. Um, but she was convincing and, um, and it's it's a it's a it's a funny story. It was Yardley Smith who got me into it. Bart Simpson. Yeah, and no, 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 Lisa. Oh, Lisa Simpson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and she she was a friend of my friend, and I was having dinner with them. They had just done a play together, and she was taking us out to dinner. And she said something about meditation that she did it, and I was like, "Wait a second, you're a meditator?" Because Lisa's a meditator. Right. I was like, right. who got who into it? What's the story? And she said it was so weird. She was initiated into Vedic meditation. And that day after that, after her initiation, she went back to her home. And that week's script was sitting on her doorstep. She opened it up. It was the one where Lisa becomes a meditator. Whoa. No way. That's amazing. Yeah. I thought maybe the writers knew about it. She goes, no, no one knew I was meditating. So, and she had had the same, uh, the same issues with mindfulness. So I, I like. I, I liked her. I was a big Simpsons fan. Mm-hmm. And it it was just sort of, I wanted to put my trust in her. And I thought, at least I'll give it a shot. And she right. and she just said, you know, it was very convincing. Like, come and meet. You don't even have to do it. Just, just see what he has to say. See if you like it. And it was, <clears throat> it was immediate. You know, I learned and I, the benefits were immediate. And right. I started feeling better. And then with weeks later, I was happy again. Yeah. And hopeful, and I felt better, and so I was cured from Lyme disease before the meditation. But what was weird is Lyme disease, in my experience, was easier to cure than insomnia. Right, and, and the meditation cured the insomnia. Thank God. What? So, what, Vedic came oh, before transcendental. Okay, right? so yeah, so 
let's do this. So the the history, the history. <clears throat> so this meditation goes back thousands of years. It's yeah. it's you can call it before it had an, it had names before TM or Vedic. Um, the descriptor would be Nishkam Karma Yoga, which mm. is unity achieved by hardly doing anything. You know, <laughs> Perfect. Which is my my way of doing Ideal. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Maharishi Mahesh Yogi was, um, so, oh yeah. Famous yeah, for, for teaching, teaching the Beatles. Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But his master, Swami Brahmananda Saraswati, or Guru Dev, he brought this technique back to the world. Now, this is a householder's technique. It's not for monks or renunciates. It's an, you don't have to be Hindu to practice this. It's not religious. Because it's not religious, yeah. It's, it's human is what it is. And, um, Vedic. Vedic meditation, both, both. Nishkam, we'll call it Nishkam Karma Yoga for now. And this hadn't been taught in years. It was kind of hidden away, and the world was heating up. So Guru Dev realized it was time to get this back into into the world. Yeah. And Maharishi really led that. Now he Maharishi Mahesh Yogi was calling it the Grace of Guru Dev for a while. He called it that in India. And then he knew it just needed a different kind of name. So he uh, started calling it Transcendental Deep Meditation, then Transcendental Meditation. And my teacher was was taught by Maharishi when he was in his late teens. And then, Wow. Yeah. He was and, teaching in his teens. In his late teens. So he was taught TM in his late teens, but then he... By the time I forget when he became a teacher, but only a, two or three years after. So I think he, I think wow. by nineteen, eighteen or nineteen, he was teaching this, wow. and by his early twenties, he was already a celebrated teacher in Australia. Wow. So he was with he was with the organization for a while, but there was a time in the seventies or eighties when a lot of people left the TM organization, and I won't get into why because it's not it, it's it's not rel, it's not really relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, what's important is to know is that what. I teach is what Maharishi taught my teacher. Right. I teach exactly the same. I don't call it TM because they've had that trademark and that's their corporation. I'm an independent teacher of Vedic meditation. It's the TM is the Bikram version. Right. Of, <laughs> the last episode, my yoga instructor was. Yeah. I was like, what's the difference between hot yoga and Bikram? She's like, right. Bikram is trademarked. It's yes. the guy's name. Yeah, exactly. They 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 trademarked it, which I'm fine with. I, I'm I'm not affiliated. I don't answer the TM organization. I answer to my tradition. Right. Yeah. But it's good. I like that because um it means I can travel a lot. It means I can um charge what I want. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, that, do... honestly honestly that mm-hmm. was one of the big selling points for me was your sliding scale. I was yeah. like, I can't afford you TM. Can't, yeah, you can't have something like this. It's it's really important to pay for this. And it's important it's price, to... It is a priceless right. practice. But it is also, if I had the money, it would have been totally worth paying right. thousands of dollars right. to learn. Yeah, there needs to be an exchange in order to sort of honor it and, and value it and invest in it. And you're paying for my time as, and my availability as a teacher. But that being said, it shouldn't be unaccessible to waiters. Right. I and mean, it shouldn't be unaccessible exactly. to teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I find that the way I do it works for me. And, you know, what, when people come and learn from me, they're learning exact, I'm teaching them exactly what Maharishi Mahashyogi taught my teacher. 
Yeah, I have a friend named Stuart Kornfeld who was... He's a producer. He worked, works with uh, Ben Stiller at his production company. And um, for years, I was just... There was just something charismatic about him that... And he's just like the... He's like this little unassuming, you know, guy and um, who you've seen in movies. And he's the um, he's the boss at the fish and chip restaurant in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, really? He's like, Hamilton, <laughs> show some spirit. Wear your uniform. <laughs> yeah, he's that guy. He's also the cab driver in um, old school when uh, Luke Wilson gets in the cab and he's like, uh-huh. Hey, uh, there's no seatbelt back here. What do you recommend I do? And Stuart Cornerfoot goes, I recommend you stop being such a pussy. <laughs> <clears throat> that Stuart. And I've known him for years, but there's always just been something like calming about him. And I'm like, I love being around that dude. And um, it was only like four or five years ago that someone told me that he meditates. Hmm. And he... Um, he would have a special room in the office where they were, where he, he would come to work in the morning and he would disappear for about 20 yeah. minutes. And there was just some, he was never seemed upset. He always seemed happy. Always. Yeah. And that was always something that drew me towards meditation. I was like, I want what this guy has. Mm-hmm. This guy seems totally in tune. It's bliss consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. And also he learned because of David Lynch. Mm -hmm. Stuart was a producer on, I want to say the Elephant Man. Oh, wow. It was like his first producing job. It was either Elephant Man or Eraserhead. I want to say. (laughs) Can you imagine producing Eraserhead? (laughs) No, I want to say it's probably Elephant Man. But when he, um, when he met with David Lynch, this was his first job. He was young. Yeah. Uh, ba- basically, the bottom line was David Lynch wouldn't hire him unless he He's a meditator. was a meditator. It's funny. I have a lot of, uh, when he just did redid Twin Peaks, I have a lot of students in that. Which Yeah, yeah. I have uh, a lot of friends yeah, in that. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, I was surprised how many of my students actually made it in there. Yeah. Um, and he must like that. I, might, I wonder if he asks people if they meditate or... I don't know, but it's, I mean, it's not a bad no. characteristic. And Clint Eastwood, I think, is, is a, I think he's always been a meditator, too. Oh, is that true? Yeah, and I think it's one of the reasons why he works from nine to five. He's like oh. a nine to five director, and then he calls it quit. He doesn't, you know. He's also a thousand years old. Right, but I heard he pays well and works, and you only work nine to five, which is kind of brilliant. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, um, yeah, I guess I can see that. Yeah. I also recommend, you know, to people who meditate or are thinking about it to listen to David Lynch's audio book. Right. You Catching the Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is great. I just love hearing it in his voice. Yeah. There's something very relaxing. I, I, when I was working uh-huh. on this, <laughs> I would get up and I would meditate and it came to me one day while I... And while I, I just was drinking l- a milkshake. Yeah, I that, love yeah. hearing his... We went outside to smoke a cigarette, and I put my hand on my friend's car, and the warmth of the sun on the paint filled me with such joy. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, this guy's awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. 
the book really that that audio book i had already started meditating when i was like yeah yeah this is pretty spot on yeah it's it's one of those things and since this is a health podcast you uh, i i have to say that if you any if you want better health at all it you have to start with consciousness mm-hmm. because everything that's your rock that's your foundation and everything is derivative of consciousness right and i think what people you know you have to put that first you have to prioritize your state of consciousness first right everything else comes second you can lose your family you can lose your health you can you can lose everything but if you lose your consciousness you lose everything all at once right so if you start there and prioritize that everything else comes together yeah you know this is um this is what I found too. Like nothing seems to stick. All the things I tried to do before I learned how to meditate would maybe last a few weeks or a few months and then would go away. But now that I meditate, anything I try now gets its roots into a higher state of consciousness. Right. You know, if you want better health, sure, go to your doctor, do the, your regimen or, or medicine protocol or whatever it is. Right. But also meditate. Um, yeah. That was an hour. We just did an hour. We did? Yeah. I nice. could have easily probably talked another hour. <laughs> um, where can people find you online? Your uh, Twitter and Instagram yeah, handles. So, you have uh, great photos too, by the way. So do you. Thank, Thank you. you. I always admire yours. Thank Likewise. And we're very different in our... Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I love your... Every time I see one of your photos, I want one of those Sonys. Well, yours... They're just beautiful. Your photos are always from like the Danube river in India or something. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> the Danube in India. <laughs> or, or, I don't, right. The Ganges, the Ganges, uh-huh. the Danube. Where did I come up with that? <laughs> but yeah, your photos are so great. Thank you. Um, so my, yeah, my Instagram is B as in boy or Burkhart T H E O like B Theo or oh, Theo. Yeah. Um, and then my website is teoburkhart.com t-e-h-e-t-h-e-o-b-u-r-k-h-a-r-d-t.com and um i teach here in new york and you know if you or if you're listening to this and you're like in i don't know chicago or you know georgia or whatever s- send me an email because i have colleagues that mm-hmm. i really like all over the world right um oh so i should give my email b mine as well yeah b-t-h-e-o <laughs> at me.com so if you want to learn and you're not in L.A. or New York, um, reach out to me anyway, and I'll hook you up with one of my colleagues. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, but meditate. Get it going. It's it's the most important thing you can do. It is a game changer. It's a game changer. And I can't believe, well, I can believe, you know, I had a whole, a whole adult life of making excuses and putting things it off. It was so fun it's, watching, hearing about your interest in meditation it, I remember it took you like nine months or a year to get to me. When I first mm-hmm. heard that you might do it, mm-hmm. it took, I think, a year for us to finally meet. Yeah, it was my dad had passed away. Right. And yeah. that's when people were really like, you should meditate because I was super depressed. Yeah. And I think it was starting to like bleed over and affect, you know, my friends hanging out with me like, Jesus Christ, this guy <laughs> is a downer. And, um, you know, my friend Allie was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I learned from this guy, Teo. And and then our mutual friend Stephanie was like, right. and then like Nate Cordry is like, Te-. like all yeah. these people were like, 
was like, all right, this guy's the Sklars, <laughs> the Sklar brothers. Yeah. yeah, so many people. Yeah. Um. So I can't recommend it enough. Thanks. After, and it's never too late. Like you know, I was forty six. Yeah. I think when I started. Yeah, I learned at thirty eight. I wish I had learned earlier, but get it going. You're, you're, you know, ha- you can't put happiness off. Just don't put it off. What are you waiting for? Yeah, I, I do it all the time. You know, I, it's so funny because I, last Thursday, I, it was one of those rare days where I had two acting gigs in the same day. Oh, wow. So I woke up at four o'clock in the morning, Thursday, to go do drunk history. Oh, fun. So I meditated a little bit in the morning when I got up. Then I went, and that did, did Cat Bardo do your your? She makeup? did. She's she's one of my students. She is. Too. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Cat's so awesome. we um, so I got up, and this was after like three because I'm I'm still kind of an insomniac, mm-hmm. like not an insomniac, but I go to bed like usually two, right, and so on a day when I book a job that has like a 5 a.m. call time, I still can't fall asleep. And so I was on like three hours sleep, meditated, went to to the set, shot all day. When we broke for lunch, I meditated again because I was just like, I had hit that wall where mm-hmm. I was like so tired. Mm-hmm. And it helped. It gave me a little bit more energy for the rest of the day. Because then, you know, I wrapped at 3.30 in the afternoon and had to then drive to another set and started shooting right away until midnight. Oh my God. So it was like a close to a 20 hour day of shooting for me. And, um, that helped a lot, especially right in the middle of the day. Like when I needed that rest. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, do you have anything to plug? Uh, you plug your website and just, you know, just, just meditation just learn to meditate yeah reach out to me i will help you you have to learn and that's that more than anything that you know just do this yeah, find a way what's the worst that can happen absolutely nothing nothing you have everything to gain and nothing to lose yeah that's true and um and just make you know just prioritize joy and just decide you're sick of suffering yeah peace of mind is so much better than Stress. Anything else. Yeah. <laughs> and happiness can only be found within you anyway. And just just make an experiment. See if that's true. Yeah. Test it out. Yep. See if we're lying, which yeah. we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Steve. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Teo. And um, yeah, you guys have all the info. Follow him. Uh, check him out. Hit him up. And spread the word. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. Bye. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs>